So I think we should maybe do the fuck Mary kill and then go back to Elon. Can we do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think as long as we don't say anything about Elon during the fuck Mary kill, we should be able to throw yep. that at the beginning anyways. I mean, if one of us can work Elon into that conversation, <laughs> they get a gold star. Yep. And a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to work. What do I win? What do I win? Yep. A gold star. <laughs> like real gold? You stamp it right on your forehead. No, I think you... I think you could like buy one from NASA or something. They go, "Yep, here's your star." They like fax you a paper. That's funny. Yeah, yeah You'll it's, never it's know like the you know, we could buy like dinosaur bones at museums, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that that bone, bo- that little funny. like metatarsal and that that T Rex's foot, that one belongs to me. <laughs> it's like it's like a lucky rabbit's foot, but a dead dinosaur foot. <laughs> <laughs> not a not so lucky dino foot. A, a, a bone version of a lucky foot. <laughs> I can't even believe that rabbit's feet, like keychains, was a thing. Like, yeah. can you imagine trying to bring that back into style? <laughs> well, I remember I I I got one as a gift as a kid, and it wasn't even a real rabbit's foot. It was just kind of like it looked like a rabbit's foot, but it was basically just like some kind of felt that someone put over whatever. Right. I I do remember the fake ones. Uh, it, was a it, was two, like, it was a toupee foot. Well, basically because, <laughs> basically. I don't know, they probably were like, wait, wait, this is totally inhumane. <laughs> Guys, we're running out of rabbits. <laughs> yeah, I know right. they fucked right yeah. and all. But... Said no one ever. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> I do remember that, and it was like, if you were the kid that had the fake rabbit's foot, you were kind of a loser. But if you were the kid who had the real rabbit's hey. foot, you were just like balling. <laughs> Don't hold back. Tell us how you feel, Julie. God, what a fucking New England snob. No, <laughs> man, that's just how it was. All these years later, it finally comes out. <laughs> I was like, what? why? <laughs> so that's weird. so funny. You know, what, you know what was weird about the rabbit's foot? Is their nails were in them still. Well, it was the you foot. Like it wasn't like a manicured rabbit's foot. It was just a rabbit's foot. Lee, <laughs> <laughs> press on rabbit's just foot. No care, no care for attention to detail. Just hacking off feet. <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Oh, man. So who's fuck Mary Kill is it? What's going on? Yeah, so uh, I got one for us. I call, this is the Dollhouse Edition, so we have... <laughs> the Dollhouse Edition. That's a good show. Everybody should watch the Dollhouse. Yeah, I like the Dollhouse. Awesome. So, yeah, we have Dolly Parton, the Dalai Lama, and a dolphin. A, a, a dolphin? A dolphin. <laughs> you know, like Flipper. You know, like Flipper. Is it just... Well, well that leads to... A good... I couldn't come up with another person with doll in their name, so... <laughs> I was like, ah, oh. dolphin. That works. So for anybody that was hoping for Elijah Dushku, aren't we disappointed? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I guess I'll take one for the team. This is like any dolphin or does it have to be Flipper? It could be any dolphin. Okay. <laughs> if there's a specific dolphin in your life that is very important to you, you can you can include that dolphin. <laughs> um, no. No. <laughs> aren't they like kind of sandy feeling? I've never actually felt them. I've seen tourist people getting raped by dolphins they yeah. are to known to be serious serial rapists um <laughs> mammals go figure huh. yeah mammals are kind of shite what oh i don't know what's the texture of their skin because if it's like well, if it's i imagine like it's smooth because they do paper. swim they're so. um i've actually touched a dolphin not sexually <laughs> touched by an angel <laughs> oh my god i touched myself what <laughs> uh
Dolphins are like, they're slippery. You know, oh. it feels like touching like the more rubberized part of your wetsuit as opposed to just the neoprene, like when they put the... Oh, well, then in that case, that's a sure fuck. <laughs> <laughs> slippery and sultry. Velvety smooth. Sign me up. Because I can't imagine myself having sex with the Dalai Lama. Yep. Although him and Dolly Parton both have breasts. But movies versus boobies, even though they're fake, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't think I could do that with the Dalai Lama. Yeah, like, he doesn't. He doesn't strike be, strike like, me as a sexual person. Or that <laughs> right. it would even be good. Yeah. <laughs> he's off. Hmm. Let me think about this for a minute. You're off. You this reminds me of an <laughs> anecdote. <laughs> you kind of almost have to be a slightly hideous person for sex to be good, right? I mean. <laughs> Um, I just imagine like falling asleep. Well, you're waiting for him yeah. to to reach his zen moment, and you're just over there, right? <laughs> no. Wake me up when you're ready. He's gonna help you achieve enlightenment in a different way. Oh Jesus, fucking! I got I got things to do. Um, <laughs> I ain't got time for I got spiritual things bullshit. to do. Dolphins to screw. <laughs> Right? The dolphin's like a hit and run. We He's got things to do. I got things to do. We got schedules. This is I, I think you're onto something there. And then, you know, I think Dolly Parton, without a doubt, is a, a Mary. She, one, has been married to the same man since she was like a teenager, right? Yeah. She's the godmother of Miley Cyrus. And Miley Cyrus turned out pretty good despite everybody trying to get her to shoot herself. Yeah. Um, despite how <laughs> terrible society has been. Right. <laughs> Like hey, you're succeeding. Fucking, Let's cut you down. <laughs> like that douchebag that was drawing dicks on her all the time. Like, I can't even believe that's a legal thing. She was, I don't even think she was 18 yet. And he would take pictures of her and draw fucking dicks on her. It's that's just crazy. Perez Hilton. Yeah. Just because he was gay, he wasn't counted as a fucking sexual predator. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm definitely marrying Dolly Parton, though. She's pretty rad. Yeah. Her husband's good looking, too. Liam Helmsworth? Oh, he's cute. But no. Oh, Dolly, Dolly Parton. Husband. Who's Dolly's Mm-hmm. Pardon's husband. Just some guy in the Is town. This, are you going for a polygamous <laughs> marriage here? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Just throw that net out and see what fish come back. So you're killing yep. the Dalai Lama, is that what I heard? Oh, well, when you put it like that, yeah. <laughs> sounds very... The last, the last living incarnation of the Buddha. <laughs> that sounds very un-Buddhist of you. <laughs> you know what sounded very un-Buddhist was I recently saw an article written about him where he said that the refugees should should try harder to keep their homes and i thought well that's kind of interesting as a person who was is a refugee himself yeah (laughs) speaking from experience (laughs) right yeah it was really yeah i don't know i didn't know what to think of that i mean i think there's some validity and like i think you should persevere if you feel strongly but then you don't want to harm other people it gets all fickle and weird but you know from yeah. from a buddhist standpoint i thought wow i don't know if that's politically correct <laughs> yeah <laughs> not exactly in line with the doctrine but i understand you know when you know he's living in a situation where he's exiled from his homeland and he's going to die outside of his homeland yeah so i i, I imagine that <laughs> well but yeah, I'm killing that motherfucker because I just don't think he's good enough in bed. I just don't think it's going to yeah. happen. <laughs> well, I... He's old anyways. He's had a good life. Right. I mean, he is a very interesting person. He does have a Twitter handle. 
And I mean, that's he's rare. written a lot of books, so he may have a little bit of experience. We're not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> Sounds like he has strong fingers. <laughs> <laughs> he is eighty-three, though, so mm, arthritic fingers. I think. Um, oh wait, were you? Yeah, you were fucking the dolphin, huh? Were you fucking the dolphin, or was the dolphin just fucking you? I'm I'm gonna take one for the team, and I'm gonna let the dolphin fuck me. Because <laughs> really, that's how that probably is gonna go down. Because when you watch those yep. rape videos, that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually found in a video and an article that says how a science experiment led to a sexual encounter between a woman and a dolphin. And oh, this, I think I've ever heard something like this. A, a new documentary tells the story of Margaret Howe Lovat, uh, who in the 60s took part in a NASA funded research problem in which pro- <laughs> pro- <laughs> project <laughs> in which she developed an unusual relationship with a dolphin named Peter. Now, I don't know if it was a dolphin named Peter. Hey, Peter, because, Peter, puppet eater. Because <laughs> that was a reference to his junk <laughs> but uh yeah so i'm gonna have to post this in our links below for everyone to watch later i'm kind of interested why a woman would openly admit to having a long-term relationship with a dolphin i watched a video where a guy admitted his love affair to his vehicle with his dad standing there in shame yeah. it was a real it thing was a real- yeah there was a, yeah, i think that that guy showed up on um that show top gear for a bit and they kind of just talked to him he's like yeah you know I, i'm sexually attracted to cars so i'd like he apparently goes around the car shows and like secretly has sex with cars that's gross oh, that's a different guy the guy i was thinking of he loved one car and it was this red car mm-hmm. it wasn't even like anything special i mean i don't remember what it was but i mean it basically could have been a fucking pontiac on fire and he was like this car i love this car <laughs> this car's my soulmate <laughs> so this guy who goes around at car shows do people go what the fuck's on my interior or <laughs> oh god why are the seats all sticky now <laughs> oh. well <laughs> back to the dollhouse i <laughs> why are the seats all sticky <laughs> i think i think i too am going to have to kill the dalai lama but I feel as though he would be much more beneficial in understanding from the different realm as to why I have done so. So, <laughs> that being said. I'm not really sure what that says at all. <laughs> I think that's just you negating something. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, I mean... I mean, in all actuality, the more the more that I think about it, on the plus side, the fact that he only wears a robe could lead to a quick sexual escapade. So he may actually make... Easy access. <laughs> right? He may actually make a better fuck buddy than the dolphin. Only because the dolphin... He always has a boner. We don't know it because there's so many layers down there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like in the Little Mermaid. That's key, that's key to enlightenment. Just maintain just that a birth. constant erection. <laughs> oh, sorry guys, I gotta go achieve enlightenment. I'll be back. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm gonna fuck the Dalai Lama. <laughs> oh.
<laughs> I mean, it might take me to a new level. Who knows? Knock yourself clean on out. <laughs> well, I'm afraid that that's what would happen if I was fucking the dolphin. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> uh, and also, <laughs> the thing with the dolphin is... The thing with the dolphin is, it's a dolphin. <laughs> well, it's one, it's a dolphin. <laughs> Two, you would have to be in the water, and yeah. dolphins are cold-blooded, so... They're not cold-blooded. Yeah, they're mammals. Are th- oh, you're right. I'm an idiot. Just, we'll take that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, dolphins are cold-blooded, and... No, they're warm-blooded, I, mean, I think. Dolphins have blood. <laughs> so, they're warm-blooded or cold-blooded? No, they're warm-blooded. Oh. Yeah. So, even who though said they're cold-blooded? And they're, even Julie, though they're, they're, dolphins they're are warm-blooded, their internal temperature is 98 degrees. They need right. to conserve their heat in colder water, like yeah, most. Yeah, I, I apologize for nothing. You're not <laughs> fucking a snake. Oh, I'm yep. so wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. Well, maybe I want to slap that blubber and ride the wave in. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> slap that bo- think, blubber and watch it jiggle. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Watch it wiggle, watch it jiggle. I think I was uh, confusing dolphins with sharks. I think you were just thinking about that dolphin peen. <laughs> Gotta give me some of that flipper action. But maybe we want to have a lesbian affair with a dolphin. Maybe it's no. not all about the peen. Maybe that's the whole. That maybe that's yeah, the it's, next it's, it's level a dolphin. of you, enlightenment. You get to pick your dolphin too. I mean, now that I'm putting a little more thought into this dolphin love, because <laughs> before it just it felt off. like a it felt like a fuck, but now it feels like maybe it could be love. Well, you should watch this science experiment with a woman in the '60s who fell in love. Jesus Christ! Now I'm already tortured enough. <laughs> so okay, well, because I was afraid about cold water dolphin loving, but apparently <laughs> it's going to be warm water dolphin loving. I should know this. I went to SeaWorld like a billion times as a child. Um, <laughs> and I pet... Waspy people taking shit for granted. And I pet a dolphin. So he felt silky smooth. But I think I'm still going to have to kill the dolphin because interspecies love. I'm just not ready for that kind of commitment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did see the shape of water. Uh, it wasn't for me. <laughs> the, f- the fish fucking wasn't to my taste the fish fucking it was not to me um and i think i have to marry dolly parton just because i mean she's like an icon dude no i mean she's written like every song that you didn't realize that she's written she wrote whitney houston's i will always love you you only ever thought whitney houston wrote that song but it's originally a dolly parton song so i think i'm going to fuck the dolly llama marry dolly parton and kill the dolphin and have some tuna fish after. <laughs> oh. mm, sweet dolphin meat full of mercury. <laughs> what about you, Tyler? <laughs> um, I'm going to go, well, being completely different, I'll, I'm actually going to marry the Dalai Lama. He, he seems like a really, you know, like in interviews, he's a really funny guy. And he'd be really, you know, great to hang out with, kind of thing. Because he's always cracking jokes. Apparently, that's a huge thing in the Buddhist community, especially among monks. They love jokes. Oh, how they funny. like they like read joke books and they <laughs> tell jokes to each other constantly. Like they're obsessed with jokes. Apparently, they're just like improv. <laughs> that's the key to enlightenment. They've run out of options, and they're like, you know, what's really great is I watch Jackass for like twelve hours and fucking yeah. laugh my ass off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. See, they really are the enlightened ones. <laughs> Could be an internal banter of knock knock jokes. You think you're in oh, life, yeah. but you're really in hell. 
Oh my god, I love popsicle jokes. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit in the new season of BoJack where it's like these two characters are they write the popsicle jokes, but one does the the setup and the other one does the punchline. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, yep. I would uh, yeah marry marry Dolly Lama. I would fuck Dolly Parton for previously said reasons. You know she's awesome. She's Dolly Parton. Um, and kill the dolphin because you know it's an animal. I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to have anything kind of like emotional relationship with it. So Tanya, you're a sicko. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're what? you're the one who's gonna fuck. Hey, the we're, we're not here to yuck her yum. <laughs> please. This is please all just hypothetical. Ever, please, <laughs> please, please don't ever use me in that sentence again. I'm I'm good. I'm really square. <laughs> Now that it's that's been said, it never needs to be said again. It's very, it's very Aussie and Harriet here. It's <laughs> not that I'm judging. Knock yourselves out. But, uh, I wonder what the but Dalai now Lama would do. I do feel bad choose. about myself. Like, I think the Dalai Lama would be really offended by us. I think probably. Well, if he likes jokes, <laughs> and, by, and by us, I mean me and Julie. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. <laughs> You know what I like about uh, Dolly Parton is somebody very early on asked her what she thought about gay people in general. And this was kind of like in the 90s when it still kind of wasn't cool to be gay because it isn't now either. And um, her her sentiment on it was about like gay marriage and things like that, gay, gay equality and gay relationships. She said that uh, she felt like everybody should feel like what it's like to be miserable. <laughs> if you want to be miserable you should be able to get married too <laughs> just spread the misery around and if you've never seen nine to five do oh yeah <laughs> have you ever seen that movie tyler it's got no i've not dolly parton lily tomlin and i never remember what that guy's name is in the movie oh, the mustache guy he was in you know, the guy that was in that movie gotcha i was making you watch the other day Cheryl McGrady, is that what his name is? Or, or oh, maybe... Oh, yeah, because nobody would remember that name. I was re-watching Deadpool 2 the other night. I love it. That intro where he does, like, he says, like, you know, hit it, Dolly, and then 9 to 5 plays while he murders a bunch of people. Working 9 to 5 Dabney Coleman, that's the guy. I always confuse him and Gerald McGrady together because they kind of look similar. But Dabney Coleman was the guy, the boss. Everybody that has ever worked in a shitty work environment, which I assume is probably everybody in the world, um, <laughs> they should watch the movie 9 to 5 because it really gives you a good sense on how you could handle your situation at work. <laughs> <laughs> your situation at work. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I recommend it. You can stream it on Amazon Prime for two ninety nine. So Ooh. that's a a mild investment for a great enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> and after all, it's all about laughs. <laughs> and it's got that catchy song. The song that made the movie. Right. That's crazy. So Dabney Coleman is in a movie called Gotcha, which is, I think, also from 1983. 
Hold on, hold on. Stupid. 1985. And... Gotcha. Oh, no, I'm confusing. That's a different movie. Are you taking pot? No, I'm just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like the phrase, taking pot. Right? <laughs> Are you taking this cannabis? <laughs> gotcha is a movie with Anthony Edwards. What was that other movie, then, that I made you watch the other day? <laughs> Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger? Yeah. I do. You have to help me. I don't remember this at all. Like, I remember nothing. It's okay. I don't either. <laughs> it's got Henry Thomas, the kid from E.T., and his dad is Dabney Coleman, and then he hangs out with this geek at the video game store, and he thinks he witnesses or maybe he does, witness uh, by killing somebody. He essentially thinks the video game has come to life and he's got like some top secret information inside of this video game and that these people are after him. So he's melded the minds of reality and the video game, which we kind of discussed in the last episode of how the two are so different because the quality of pre-recorded game and the actual gameplay yeah but in in the 80s when video games were like blowing your mind because that was the only thing that you could see <laughs> 8-bit pixels is crazy it's amazing it's <laughs> right? the future. so he actually thinks that he's in this video game and then it pursues it's not a bad movie but it's not a great yeah movie. i was gonna say that's that's some uh, some interesting uh, box art for it <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what we're binge watching right now, and I had a little bit of trepidation about it. What's that? Was uh, we're watching the first? Are you watching that? The first? Oh uh, no, I haven't started watching Sean it yet. Penn I'm still working my way through uh, BoJack. <laughs> BoJack. <laughs> yeah, so we started watching the first. Moment. I'll wait till he starts watching it before we talk about it. So it's a better. We can okay, it just be prepared, podcast. Tyler, because it's pretty depressing. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm watching a show about a depressed horse. So I'll, just, I'll, <laughs> right, keep right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep with the theme. Keep with the theme. Welcome to Ion Elon. Were you able to watch the Elon Joe Rogan? Uh, I listened to it. I didn't watch it. Okay. I, yeah, I listened to it in podcast form, but I didn't uh, see the video of it. Uh, it was just their heads. Yeah, just them talking. <laughs> I appreciated it more watching it mm. because... Well, you're not as much of a podcast person. Well, that's true. I'm more of a visual person, and um, I like to be able to connect both of them together, especially because two and a half hour long interview nonstop with Elon Musk must have been pretty intimidating. Yeah. And it was kind of just interesting to see how he was going to handle that. Yeah, because he, he's a person who's admitted that he's not a social person. And he's not, he doesn't like when they do the big press conferences and he has to do a speech. He's like, I don't like doing that. That's not the kind of person I am. So, okay. You know, because I hadn't actually seen a lot of his, a lot of interviews with him. I have seen him speak. I know the topics at hand, but I don't really remember him being uncomfortable or anything like that. But I don't really remember there being a lot of sources for watching him speak in the first place. So I, I'm glad that you said that because I was like, I don't really, I didn't, I didn't really understand why everybody was so upset about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, he, he's, he's got some weird little 
social things. <laughs> like for for you, Tyler, out of curiosity, what are the things that you picked up just by hearing it? Well, it, it's it's funny because one of the things I kind of liked was you could tell when Joe Rogan would ask him a question, he would stop and think about it. And there'd be a long beat of him kind of pondering and analyzing the question. I know um, Adam Savage talks about that, the guy from Mythbusters, about public mm-hmm. speaking. Like it's, you know, it's good to take your time with it and think about it. You don't have to have the answer immediately and I, and I kind of just noticed that a lot with him like you know he'd ask a question and he'd just kind of sit there you hear like a, a breath and he kind of sit there for a second then he'd answer but yeah. it's funny that you say that because when you watch him he actually is very respectful of the question yeah he's actually like mulling because it over he's, you can see his brain working basically yeah it's almost like he meditates on each question yeah. when you watch it and he's very respectful of the question in the sense that I think it's important to him because he's asked a lot of questions from people who are not intellectually on par with him in, in any way, shape, or form. And I think we're really lucky that he likes to have fun yeah. because that is like a common denominator. Who the fuck doesn't like to have fun? Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> I actually hate fun. <laughs> hate it it's terrible <laughs> it's a waste of my time <laughs> what what else did well, you pick up from just hearing it out of- um there wasn't anything else that really that was the one big thing that stood out you know i mentioned in messages like i liked joe rogan way back in the day when he was on like news radio and stuff but he, he kind of gets kind of rambly sometimes and he kind of like goes mm-hmm. off on these things i, I can't remember what he mentioned something and it was kind of like you know one of those random conspiracy things like okay dude <laughs> take it down a notch yeah you know what i found really He's, interesting he was on fear factor I, to be yep. perfectly honest i really struggled to realize what his celebrity was yeah and julie was like naming some things and it was just like and I was like, I don't know who the fuck mm. that guy is. And she was like, he was the guy on Fear Factor. And I was like, oh, okay, I've seen fucking yeah. Fear Factor. Was it Fear Factor where they eat like the weird shit or whatever? It was like, you know, if you're in a hotel room, you're flipping through the channels at the fucking hotel and you're like, oh, they're eating weird yep. shit. <laughs> like I remember it from that, you know, I mean, in that way. That was like a total thing. What, late 2000s? Because yeah. they did it on the real world road. It was the beginning of too. us realizing writers weren't appreciated yep. anymore. And when I heard about the podcast before I, I heard it, and what I heard from everybody was, oh my God, Elon Musk smoked pot and totally rambled the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it ends up being that he takes like a puff and then that, that, that's it. It just, just stays <laughs> right. the same. And, right, <laughs> right. And it was just like, mic drop, I'm out of here. Well, and that's what I was prepared to mm. hear. So when I did sit down to watch it, I immediately was like, I'm team Elon Musk, like right out of the yeah. gate. And then when I saw Joe Rogan and and listened to him and still at this point, not knowing who his celebrity was, I thought right out of the gate, this guy's a tool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I began to realize that, well, one, they don't smoke pot to my knowledge until damn near the very end. Yeah. It's like, it's like at like the hour 45 mark or something like that. (laughs) Right. They're drinking whiskey, but it is chocked full of ice. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah, I could hear whiskey. clinking around. I was like, oh, they must be you know, having whiskey on the rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they are. And it's just chocked full of ice, which means it's getting nice and watered down. They're getting a good balance of some alcohol. They're getting a little buzz, but they're not like fucking wasted. Yeah. And the more I decided not to pay attention to Joe Rogan's aesthetic, I thought to myself, oh, my God, these two are turning into Thunder Buddies. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 
Oh, for Christ's sake! Hey, you shut the fuck up! Why don't you come down and make me tough guy? Yeah, why don't you come up here and make me come down here, tough guy? I am gonna come up there, and I'm gonna kick your fucking ass! Yeah, why don't you try it, asshole? Get your ass up here and kick my ass! Hey, stop! I... Stop your sensitivity! Shut the fuck up, you stupid Sorry. Yeah, me too. She's worse than us. Yeah, she's our enemy now. <laughs> they like to have fun and they kind of have a lot of the same things in common. And Elon was actually able to get him to see a little bit that his cynicism was holding Joe Rogan back. Mm. And I just, when I watched it again the second time with that kind of mindset, once I reached the end, end of watching it and I watched it again, you kind of realize that Joe Rogan, although still kind of a tool, and he knows it, <laughs> yeah. he's really smart. And he really did a good job of interviewing such a fascinating person. Yeah. Like the, the episodes I have listened to of his podcast, he's a good interviewer. Like he's, you know, again, like he d- does tend to ramble on about different things and go off the rails. But he's really good at kind of like how Chris Hardwick is. Like he's a good interviewer. He's yeah. good at asking like interesting questions and kind of getting people to relax and express themselves how they would in just a normal like dinner conversation kind of thing. And that's kind of my favorite thing about podcasts in general is that it feels more casual, feels more natural. Yeah. Yeah. It feels agreed. like you're sitting in on like hanging out and having a drink with these two guys. Kind of fly on the wall. Yeah, it totally ended up being that way. And actually, I wish Joe would have smoked pot earlier on because he actually kind of became more likable once he was able to, I think, kind of relax a little bit. I think it was it was interesting to watch. Yeah, he's an interesting dude. Like between his stand up and his acting and he, you know, he does announcing for like the MMA fights because he's big into that okay okay that's why he looks like that yeah yeah he's really big into mma okay but one of my favorite little factoids about him is like back in the day when uh, i think it was on he was playing uh, it's a game called unreal tournament it's or was it quake or something like that it was one of those old shooter games like doom Mm -hmm. he got a t1 line installed into his house so he could play online and have all his friends would come over oh so he could fucking beat everybody (laughs) Basically, yeah. So he had like, the, like this is back in the days of like dial up and cable was just becoming a thing. We did that at film school because we yeah. had T1 yeah. at film school. And I think it was Quake that we were playing. And this was in 98. And uh, my teacher was like, come on, let's play. And I, as I said in the last episode, I suck at video games. But he was like, come on, let's mm-hmm. let's play Quake. It's really fucking cool. And I'm like, okay. And I like died in five minutes. He's like, what happened? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, but we have the I'm fastest made. connections. You're supposed to be able to kill everybody. I'm like, dude, this is, I just suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, th- those games are very, um, they call them, they call them Twitch games where you, it's, it's, all, it's all reflex. Oh, okay. Like you don't really need to think it out. It's all just about your reaction time. And that's why having a T1 line back in the day was such a, right? a huge get. <laughs> I watched their podcast first, so I I basically knew what was going on. And then I was listening to it in the car. And I was actually listening to it at double speed or time and a half, Mm. basically to, you know, just kind Kind of of get through it. It's a long podcast. Yeah, it's like two and a half hours, I think. (laughs) Yeah. What I noticed when I was listening to the audio, just the audio podcast, he's got a lot of ads in the beginning for all the like health products and <laughs> oh yes i skipped like five minutes of it when i first started listening to it because i was like oh it sounds like he's gonna go for a while so i kept doing like 30 seconds 30 seconds 30 seconds
and the stuff they talked about was pretty interesting. I, I I did like there was one little bit where like they talk about Valve, which is a game developer, but more of a game publisher at this point. Okay. They they reference Valve, and I think like Joe says like, oh yeah, something about Half Life, and then you hear Elon take a pause and kind of chuckle because <laughs> like they haven't made a lot of games, but the games they've made are really good. Yeah. I know uh, Elon Musk is also an avid gamer because he plays this game that's called the Kerbal Space Program. And it's basically a video game where you run your own space agency, essentially. <laughs> basically, you, you run NASA. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's like it's got these weird little car- cartoony guys. Send this over. I want to see this. Isn't that what SpaceX is? <laughs> <laughs> basically. But yeah, it's funny because like, that's, that's what he does for, for, uh-uh, his, for fun. Is he, plays, he plays a game where you build spaceships and run a space program to get, to get to space. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> But yeah, like the games I've, I've played before, and it's really it's really well done. But it, it's very hard because it's very realistic. Oh, okay. Every oh. E- like between the physics and the, like the business management of it, it's all very reality based, despite it looking kind of cartoony and got these weird little green people. I think that you will like the first. Uh, right. I was thinking the same thing. It was, as soon as he said that, I was like, he's gonna like the first one. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. I want to check it out. I just you know, I got I got a lot of shit I want to watch. Right, I got a lot, a lot in of, your queue. Yep. <laughs> A lot of games, a lot of movies, a lot of podcasters. And one depressed horse. <laughs> Give me a bottle of something to help me forget my problems. Oh, maybe not that strong. What is this, breakfast? Yeah, that's about right. The thing that I liked about the podcast, well, okay, the funniest thing I think Joe Rogan did and said during the whole podcast was, I'm not smart enough for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yep. when he said that that was pretty funny because very humbling it was sincere but <laughs> i i kind of feel like elon did a good job at not talking over him i think i i feel like because he is so smart exactly. and he does have to try and bring his intelligence to the masses on on a regular basis he's able to really speak non-jargon to everybody yeah. but one of the things that i thought was really interested what he was talking about and this is kind of why i was trying where i was stumbling to remember the name of cloak and dagger the bad 80s movie because they were kind of talking about you know the reality and video games they they made mention of video games a couple times what was the video console that he was joe rogan referred to and that he referred to some sort of virtual reality thing that they had there at the studio and that his kids really liked it but that he thought it was kind of it was too much yeah, that's. Um, I thought it was. Was it like Oculus a or C three or a? Yeah, yeah, I think it was HTC Oculus. or what's what is? Oh, that? HTC. Yeah, HTC. That's, yeah, because I think that's the one that uh, Steam uses, which is the big video game market. It's like virtual reality, right? Yeah. 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 The H- HTC. Uh, they said it's really, the Vive. Really, it was really intense. He was saying. Oh, the Vive. Yeah, the HTC Vive. That's the big one. Of the big ones for uh, PC. Okay. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was interesting because you know they did bring up gaming in a couple in a couple ways and then we actually coincidentally were talking about AI in our last episode before we had listened to the the Rogan podcast and some of the things that we had mentioned in episode fourteen kind of pertained to it so it was kind of like a continuation of what we were just discussing anyways but it was what was interesting was he he made two points he was like you know there's kind of going to be a point in time where you're not sure if you are in a simulation or if it is reality so like you don't know if you're in the game or if you're not in the game and then it makes me almost kind of wonder if the teams that that are on the real high-end scale of this technology weren't aware of that very early on and that's why 
video games so slowly or seem to have so slowly progressed as far as visually because they knew that we were so unhealthy. That you want to keep that separation? Yeah. Gotta keep them separated. <laughs> right? What I thought, well, I mean, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I can't imagine it being any more real. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, at least for me, video games, you know, there was definitely parts of my life that's all I did. But it was mainly when I was in high school and, like, college. You know, I'd go to school and then I'd come home and just play video games all the time. But, you know, as I've gotten older, it's gotten like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll pop in a game, like, every couple of days. Or usually more, more times than not, it's usually the time I play video games is when I'm playing online with friends. Yeah, yeah right. it's like more of a, and that's social, kind of a way for us social to, experience. Yeah, right. yeah. So, like, cause, you know, a lot of my friends have moved away. So, that's our way to kind of like hang out and chat, totally do an activity sense. together. That's pretty cool. I'm watching this video yeah. that you sent. Yeah, that was, I was looking up the HTC Vive, and that was a video I remember seeing once about using the uh, VR to like do paintings and stuff like that. That'd be weird. Just like three dimensional painting. Yeah. One of the things that I was trying to say, you know, they were talking about the, the video games. But it was also interesting, too, how he was speaking of AI. He was speaking of, you know, video games, Mm. and then he was also speaking of AI and how essentially we're already kind of cyborgs to a certain extent because of our connectivity. Cell phones. Yeah, our cell phones and all of that. And one of the things that, and you, Tyler, kind of brought this up in our last podcast a little bit, too, is how like the two systems of your your body, your limbic system and your cortex are kind of like working Mm. together. But it was interesting how Elon presented that and said that essentially you think your limbic system is working for your cortex, but it's really the other way around. You're just trying to essentially work for your pleasures, your your emotions, your euphoria. So I thought that was... Isn't that how the world kind of operates anyways, even in like coupling? You know, Tyler sent that really cool video of that fish making the this really beautiful display. That's your work. It's like, yeah, it's always that. Fish. What's that? Yeah, it's always that, you know, we're always working to, to please the other in some way, right? If the relationship's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's in part, partnering, you know. Yeah. I, like I, you know, I've, I've played around with the VR and stuff like that, and it's really cool. But it's one of those like it's kind of just it's disconcerting at the same time. Like when we went over and did like the luge thing. Yeah, it. The thing I didn't like about virtual reality was uh, like when you took off the headset, it was hard to like just drive home afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> like you really, yeah, reacclimate to the real world. Yeah. So it's like, and that was kind of part of what I feel like Elon was trying to get across you know the danger of ai and the danger of like augmentation which we also sort of talked about in our last episode but you know like you said if you can't beat them join them so it does kind of seem like augmentation is going to be a thing of our future but it would be like a third part between the cortex the limbic system and then it would be the the ai Mm. and i thought i thought that was really interesting because like, when does your body know what's reality and what's fiction, essentially? Yeah. Feelings. <laughs> so, what was I speaking of horribly before? Uh, we were talking about AI and the uh, the lines of cyborgs kind of blurring. Yeah, it was... For me, uh, as a seeker of knowledge... I just love it. I mean, when he's like, we're immensely smarter because of our phones. I totally understand where that yeah. comes from. Oh, yeah. Like, 
yeah, the internet and everything, like just the access to information is incredible. Yeah. And I, the thing that's, I think, made him resign himself to mortality, his mortality is the fact that there are definitely people that have decided to seek knowledge and have this real desire to like move forward and push forward despite all the odds and there are some people who are just like "Eh, i'm just gonna take pictures of myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's always one of those things like when you talk to people and like they don't know something it's like well you know you have this thing in your pocket that has access to all of human knowledge right (laughs) you could uh you could just google that that's what i was saying in the last episode we have like so much data out there but you know like you were saying it was it's like too much almost because you don't know what to pull but you do have that resource of looking on your phone or i mean even if you don't want to use your phone all the time when you go home you can fucking google it on your computer (laughs) you don't have to participate in chimp eden that was the other really cool thing that i liked about the podcast was his uh, able to connect and make analogies through naked and afraid and a movie that he'd watched about chimpanzees. And I, I hadn't seen the movie that he talked about. And I did learn a lot about bonobos. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. Found it out. But I used to watch a show. <laughs> like that they're so like doing it so often that most of us don't even have them. I was like, huh, I didn't know that. Oh. We did watch a show called Chimpy. Did you ever see that show, Tyler? Oh, uh, no, I have not. It was a TV show that was on like Discovery. Yeah, Nat Geo or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was about a chip sanctuary because in third world countries, there's not a lot of ways to make money. And some of the easiest ways to make money, unfortunately, is to collect cute little chimps. But then, you know, like most things and like most people, you grow tired of them and they're this thing you have to take care of and it ages and it does begin to formulate desires off of repetitive behaviors. And they kind of become these like really tormented, terribly tortured animals who are caged up and usually underfed and they go and they save these animals and in some situations they'll go as far as to provide money to collect them or they steal them in the middle of the night or what have you but um so this is this guy that's like dedicated himself to this and he has a whole team and part of the program is that they really analyzed chip behavior and hierarchy. They're observing the chimps, but they're also essentially having to re-socialize these animals because they've never experienced other chimps. So it's like these chimps learning how to be chimps together. Yeah. Yeah, all over yeah, again. Too. And the one thing Rogan had wrong was that we have evolved from that. We're, we're not like that. But when you look at that show, and when I think about Elon Musk's face, when he thinks about the thing that he watched on chimpanzees, I don't really think that's totally true. <laughs> They're yeah. very, I would say a good percentage of the behaviors went hand in hand with our nature. Yeah. You're saying that we didn't evolve from it. We've stuck, we've stayed with it. <laughs> we're stag- We're stagnant. Yeah. We, we put pants on and shit and, you know, we managed to not pull a falling down like Michael Douglas, but you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, pretty cr- I mean, the fact that, the fact that he really had to punch home that, yeah, maybe a couple of his cars have caught fire and yeah, there was a guy that fell asleep on the road or yeah, there was a bicyclist who was killed or what have you. When you look at that in comparisons to 
how hard the automobile industry fought us in order to get regulations in place just for the safety of their Americans. They were like, we don't care if they die. They love cars so much, they'll keep fucking buying them. They love them. They're great. Yeah, like she yeah. And- <laughs> if you If you make it to where it's no longer this fun thing, then they're not going to want to buy cars. He's got one of the safest fucking cars on the market, and it's fucking fun. I mean, <laughs> yeah, get off the guy's yeah, I like that part where he talks about that, you know, we want to make it fun. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I it's, it's not just cool. a car; it's a it's a fun thing. That's part of the American dream. Well, because right? it's yeah. I think he's doing for the car what Apple did for the phone. Mm-hmm. It's not just a phone; it's a personal research and development device. <laughs> you know, yeah. whereas Elon's like, it's not just a car; it it's fun. It is intelligent. It can help you. It can do these things for you. I I thought that was really cool and when we were watching it visually Elon got really emotional when he was saying that we need to really look further into electric cars because we're just yeah we're destroying our planet that's that's the huge problem like digging up all this carbon and then dumping into the atmosphere yeah it's not really a sustainable uh (laughs) it's not working (laughs) did you see the uh video of harrison ford's Mm. dramatic plea yeah i saw you send that stop giving power to people who don't believe in science or worse than that pretend they don't believe in science for their own self-interest yeah that was that was pretty good it's like it's funny it's like wow he's He's really passionate about this, apparently. He's fucking pissed. Yeah. And I think, and you know what the difference is between these people that are passionate about this and the people that aren't? Education. Yeah. 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 Yep, that's the big uh, dividing factor. Well, I mean, we're not really educating our culture. We're marketing our culture, which is incredibly different. I feel that you could market people education. Totally. Absolutely. But we don't do that. And... That's kind of one of the things. But now the big barrier is to get people to stop being so lazy to get off their ass to do the shit that is free and available out there. So there's that. But That's one of the things <laughs> that we need to like really change in our culture is we need to market education and knowledge and not handbags and <laughs> like accessories. And yeah. it, that's not helping. <laughs> but... In the same yeah. token, yeah, you can market education and have luxury, which is kind of what he's trying to do with the Tesla. He likes aesthetics. He totally enjoys aesthetics. Yeah. I mean, look at Teslas. They're really pretty cars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, he's he's marketing science and beauty with a You know what's yeah. nice Tesla. is that fucking Jaguar that he drives. Oh, yeah. But it's, oh, my God, it's beautiful. Yeah, I ended up Googling because I heard that. I was like, I don't know what that looks like. So I Googled, I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) I can see why you'd want to drive that. I think, like, as a culture, we need to make that shift because we're just killing everything, our brain cells included. And it's not like, it's not like the best Hey, I enjoy killing my brain cells, all right. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we can do that a little bit, but we also have to, uh, we just need to be a more compassionate society and i thought that was interesting too about what he was saying how like how your brain works your body is working for your emotions your pleasure your yeah all of that but yet we do such horrible chimp eating kind of things to everyone yeah well, so, it's, one of those, it's you weird know, our technologies outpaced our intelligence like yeah we're you know we've got a really developed frontal cortex that lets us develop technologies and tools and things that other primates can't 
but at the same time, we still have those base instincts of a monkey living on the Sahara <laughs> that could be eaten by stuff. That's why we have anxiety and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. It's a very interesting time to be alive. It's also like I think I think the thing that makes it most interesting is that the rate of speed that people are just I don't I mean I don't know about you guys but I really want people to catch up I don't want us to go to Mars and for us to be where we are emotionally I just don't think that that's healthy for anything I think in in the show the first not to like spoil it for Tyler or anything but that was one of the things that they were fighting for was getting people to Mars to do the research before it was too late because we can't wait for everybody to catch up. Because if we wait for everybody to catch up before we advance, our culture is going to die. His conversation on Boston engineering alone was should get really people to pull their heads out of their asses. Yeah. <laughs> Beating up poor robots. Right? Robots have good memories, man. Don't kick a robot. Oh, wait, they don't forget. <laughs> I don't know. I've decided over the past, like, watching and listening to this podcast and watching the, the first... I've decided two things. One, I will go to space. <laughs> I'm, I am going to do it at this point, but I'm going to wait until it's like, you know, a cruise ship. All the bugs yeah. are worked out. <laughs> yep. But that seems like... Again, going back to the uh, <laughs> the hover car analogy, you don't buy the first hover car. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I'll, I will go to space. And then I'd also, I think I'm down with AI in a certain formulation. Like it mostly just upsets me, but... I think the formulation that I want has the rules and regulations established before it becomes an issue and takes over everything. Yeah, yeah. but when you look at when he discusses the amount of time it takes for regulations to like take hold by the time you get everybody to fucking, you know, that's what we were speaking of in the last podcast also is that, you know, because people have to have this mirrored experience for, in order for them to move forward, how do you get masses to see this mirrored experience without them feeling manipulated or being trumped or you know what i'm saying well I mean, we don't act until it's too late it's... the math in that is really really crazy and really disconcerting i i i found it really upsetting how when he talks about you know he knows that right out of the gate once once it totally gets to a point ai he says the first thing that's going to happen is that we're going to start using it against each other yeah yeah because if, if we can weaponize it, we're probably gonna. Yep. Because that's very chip eaten. Because it's a very we're very calculating, shitty things that want to say, no, I'm on top. I'm king of the molehill. Yep. And until we get that out of our system, and yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. One thing that I thought was kind of cool too is Elon's very forward thinking and future, futuristic. I mean, he's obviously ahead of his time on a lot of things. I liked his approach on traffic, and how essentially the Jetsons flying cars it's not a reality and for some reason that's what we've kind of looked to is is going up but I liked the fact that his his thought process is why can't we have tunnels why don't we solve a, a three-dimensional problem in a three-dimensional way and dig tunnels down yeah and have tunnels that freaking crisscross the thing I like most about that whole situation is that the the idea formulated out of self-preservation. Yeah, or even more boredom. <laughs> he started just with a pit. I think that's why people yeah. thought he was rambling, because they were like, who fucking just repeats that over and over and over again? He's like, you you guys get so caught up in the big fucking picture that in order to get past the red tape and legalese, you just go, all right, I own the property. I just want to dig a pit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put a hole here. 
And then... <laughs> this is my land. I'm going to put a hole here. I actually thought it was the funniest part of the whole thing. Because I think that was the thing that got under everybody's nerves. Because he kept saying that. I, I just fucking... Joe couldn't believe it. He was like, what? A pit? You just said, I want to fucking dig a pit. He goes, yeah, it was on the property. I just... We were like, we'll dig a pit. Here's the timeline. Yeah. Here's a hole. <laughs> Here's the time management Here's of everything <laughs> in order to make this happen. And this is what we're going to do in this amount of time. And then we'll go ahead and make, make the next step. His calculations are really sweet. And that's what's really cool about him. I mean, even something as simple as like the flamethrower. What's the legalese on this? What can we get by with? Okay, we made it. You know, this really isn't a good idea, but it's a great way to make money. You want to keep yeah. fucking dicking around with me? I'll just start selling shit. I mean, he yeah. made fucking like a million dollars on fucking hats. Yep. Yeah, I love how he was like, he kept saying, yeah, don't buy it. Don't buy it. I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> but they did. I'm making, I'm making this, but don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. But you know what I was wondering? Like, how far apart was his tunnel thought from just the Hyperloop? Because the Hyperloop's a tunnel, right? Mm. Was it- Well, the, the, yeah, the Boring Company's the predecessor to the Hyperloop. Okay, so, the bo- so them digging the tunnel basically, basically led to like the Basically, you had the idea of the Hyperloop, so you made the Boring Company to make the hyperloop a thing and then he watched the labyrinth and learned how to construct it <laughs> something that <laughs> that would dig a hole <laughs> yep i think that's cool because i when you do see like sci-fi movies blade runner and, and such everything is flying and floating and i always wondered like how do these how do you i mean you've got this fucking dumbass who's driving down a twitzy turdy road and he can't even stay on the lane like how is he gonna stay in the sky with a piece of fucking duct tape (laughs) (laughs) well it's like that the video like i saw it on the reddit the other day i I don't have it bookmarked or anything but it was a video of a guy it's is from the subreddit called idiots in cars (laughs) and it's just people being fucking stupid and there's this guy like he lost he obviously was in a hit and run because like the he's in this truck and like the front left wheel is gone he's just barreling down the freeway (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the front end's just mashed and there's a tire gone. He's just shooting up sparks and he's like going 50 down the freeway. Oh, man. <laughs> of course, you know, they, they, they caught him because, you know. <laughs> oh, because of the trail of this, fireworks. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, trail of fireworks and the trail in the road. It's <laughs> crazy. Stupid. But yeah. Yeah, so I, I never understood how like the flying car thing would work. Yeah, it had to be automated. You couldn't let people handle that. You'd have to set a destination, and then they they figure out how to fly there. It'd be like air traffic control. You'd have to phone in. I mean, like, with the self-driving car, it's not too far off to have it. That's true. Have that all be automated. Yeah, because it's sensing all the things around it, its surrounding situation. It's taking all that data in to make sure that you do remain safe. So, you you know, if you do fall asleep, it slows down. Like, if you... (laughs) Yeah, it's not going to veer off course. It's going to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do like the tunnel thing though because what he said about I forget I forget which version of it, but essentially because you're going to have these tunnels, you're going to they're going to be vacuum chambers, and you're going to be able to freaking haul ass from point A to point B. That's really really cool to me because I'd much rather jump in a tunnel I think than on an airplane because yeah. the whole airport bullshit is annoying. And if I can get in a tunnel and be in, like, L.A. in a super short amount of time, that's really fucking cool. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could make a day trip to L.A. kind of thing. That would be so cool. Yeah. I wonder if it would work for short distance and how it would work for short distances. Like, yeah. it would have, I guess, probably be, like, a subway system kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, well, the, the Hyperloop is more designed for, like, it's... 
being more utilized and approached developing nations like India, where they have these really big booming cities, but they don't have the infrastructure to support the population. Yeah. So these other cities get formed around like a big city, and they they basically everyone commutes. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And so, yeah, the idea was, like, basically allowing the, the suburbs to get to the city for work. Right, because, I mean, who wants to be stuck in their car for an hour and a half to go 25 miles? <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like it's kind of how Japan runs their things right now with their, their rail system. Their rail system is really on point and always on time, always great. And But it's set up that way. Like, people live in these prefectures, and they live, like, on the outsides, outsides of the cities, and they commute in to go to work. That Yeah, that totally makes sense. Just pop in, pop out. Yeah. I mean, I'd much rather live outside the city anyways, outside of the chaos and the noise. Yeah, exactly. But have, having the commuting, that's one thing that I miss about Boston and New York is the central hub of transportation. I know San Francisco has it to a certain level, but it's not, I don't, I don't like the bark. I just imagine <laughs> it smelling more like a fucking toilet and <laughs> well i think you know every city has that but i just imagine yeah i don't know the, the the addition of hypodermic needles is not very flattering if anybody wants to go to san francisco be prepared for something you <laughs> <laughs> if, if you've been there you know the smell <laughs> right <laughs> It's not all about this beautiful... The, it's only for the rich. Let's just put it like that. Right? Yeah. yeah. I love San Francisco. It's a great city to go visit, but I would never live there. Yeah, exactly. I find it so disgusting that I hate even visiting there. Like, we go there for, like, shows and shit like that. But It's a I'm destination just like, guys, place. It's just... It's so insane how much people are able to ignore. I mean... Yeah. Well, it's just crazy. It's a destination place because, like, if you go there and you're going to the museums and hyper focused in in that one pocket, I think it's a it's a cool city. But if you're just like, I'm gonna spend the day roaming around aimlessly in San Francisco, you really don't want to do that because you might end up in like this really sketchy place. <laughs> yeah, but that's not that's not even true. I mean, they're breaking into the cars right there at the museum in broad daylight. I mean, I actually had a really good friend of mine who came into town with her daughters and uh, dropped her husband off at an A's game, and she took her daughters to the museum, and which came out the car had been broken into and. I was like, are you guys okay? She was like, yeah, it was fine. On the plus side, my kids got to see what the inside of a police station looked like. (laughs) (laughs) That's a well-educated trip, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Learning experience. Mm -hmm. I think that has a lot to do with the drug epidemic that we have. And that's something that would be interesting because Elon spoke of, you know, AI augmentations, right? Mm. And how essentially anybody could do it because... It wouldn't be, I mean, the initial cost, you would obviously have to find some funding, but you could easily get a credit card, get a loan. You know, these places are going to more likely offer some sort of financing because after you've gotten some augmentation, your ability to produce, not like you're going to be so much more knowledgeable that your income is going to grow exponentially, essentially, because you can learn how to be a software developer because all you have to do is download something because you are now a composite, right? But my yeah. my concern would be... I know jujitsu. <laughs> what about drugs? <laughs> because I think AI would be interesting to contend with the drug epidemic. And also, how is AI going to be its own form of drug? 
And then there's going to be some of you who are just like, I just want to feel what it's like to be a heroin addict. <laughs> but not actually be addicted. <laughs> but I think that's going to be, and that may have to be one of those regulations that he's already thought of and, and concerned about is like, you know, abuse is going to come. There's, there's, there's givens. Like when, when we learn anything, we do a multitude of horrible things. We use it for war. We use it for self-gain, like selfishness, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I mean, basically, we could go down the seven deadly sins because... Yeah, it's... I mean, it's the same... But it's because it is. It's the same repetitive and shit over, over and, and over and over. And over. And it's kind of weird. So, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what the the drug epidemic is like when you have the ability to make exponential amounts of money. You are... You know, computer. What are we gonna do with all this free time? Right, because <laughs> it's gonna take you less time to masturbate. Do anything? Nope, that's what I do with mine. So <laughs> call that business as usual. <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, that's what I'm wondering is supposedly this is going to be something everybody can do, but what about that crackhead on the middle of the street? Do you think he's really gonna come in and be like, hey? suit me up so i can go and be a suit and not be this is what i think is gonna happen we're gonna be so smart that we're gonna invent vaporize and when we see things that we don't like we'll just go (laughs) (laughs) i just i think my fear about it would be because people are selfish by nature my fear would be that it would just become this overindulgent selfish i mean it already is so if you have the ability to be essentially unlimited what are you going to do is it just going to blow up and then everybody it'll just like fizzle out see that the plan is julie is that people are going to go to mars and still not have completely worked that out <laughs> <laughs> i did see an article today i didn't read it but it said should we be exploring venus instead of mars and then i thought was this a sexist article <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna open Here's this found this on um buzz aldrin get your ass to mars uh-uh. that's funny <laughs> <laughs> that guy man i just i don't know so what what else were your takeaways from the like what do you think are the real takeaways that people should really have especially since we've gone down this kind of almost doomsday path of thinking well maybe we're just not going to turn turn around maybe not we're not going to turn over a whole new leaf yeah. It's scary, well, I mean, right? it's funny because it, like uh, his worldview is like you know the the whole thing about hope and optimism. You know, it's better to be hopeful and wrong than negative and right kind of thing. Totally. And that's kind of how I live my life. Like I happiness is reality minus expectations. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Reading enough about what's going on at the world and kind of how we're past the tipping point where we could have reversed things. And we're kind of just on a doomsday scenario is slowly playing out. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's terribly upsetting and awful. And, but, but it's then like there one again, of those. That's the other problem. The compassion is the thief of joy. Yeah. Well, geography never changes a problem. You know what I mean? Like people move yeah. from one location to another, but if there's an underlying they, they issue. They take their baggage with them. Yeah. So it's like. Oh, fuck you guys. I'm leaving this town. And then you're like, oh, I'm still a crackhead over in this town. But (laughs) the thing is, like, if we were to go to Mars and start colonizing that or colonizing the moon, it gives us, you know, increases our lifespan to the point where maybe we will come around and get better about things. Yeah. 
as opposed to just just being snuffed out because we were fucking stupid. Snuffed out. That's funny. That's that's kind of a cool thing. And I think in order to not be snuffed out is the people that do kind of get snuffed out for using their minds need to stop letting that happen. We went down to the pier. We decided to kind of kind of have like a, like a little date yesterday. And we ate at like this tourist trap restaurant down on the pier, but we just wanted like the view so we could go down later. And when we were si- when we were sitting there, you could see this beautiful view of the lighthouse and uh, you could see some folks on on the pier. There were these three dudes, clearly not from here, and this one chick and they're all hanging out or whatever. And out of the middle of fucking nowhere, this guy kicks his leg back. I mean, and I do mean back to kick a pigeon, which he almost fucking hit. I don't know how he didn't hit it. And then the other two dudes also jumped in on this. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? We're not talking about teenage boys. We're talking about like guys that were like 27. Yeah, they're late 20s. Grown ass men. Old enough to fucking know better. I'm going to torture a bird. I was just like... I just was so appalled that I was like, okay, well, whatever. I mean, okay, it is what it is. So we leave the restaurant. We go down to go see. Yeah, the... well, it, you know, people are just shitty. Mm-hmm. We go down to, to see the sea lions, and they've lifted the stairs now, which sucks because you used to be able to walk down the stairs and you could go and kind of see them on the platform, but they don't do that anymore. And I was thinking that's a drag. And right as I was having that thought. The guy next to me and his girlfriend are sitting there. They're leaning over. They're looking like everybody else is. And out of nowhere, this is a 57-year-old guy. He takes his water cap off and proceeds to dump the fucking water down on top of the sea lion's heads. Now, you know from living here that they kind of, some of them are like solo. Mm. And then there's others that like pile up and they're like buddies. And there were these two buddies together and the water hits the one sea lion right in the fucking face. And his buddy immediately starts wiping the water off and is like, I'm sorry that that just happened to you. And I actually was so, I was just at a total and complete loss for words. I was like, one, how could I see such two terrible acts against animals in less than an hour? And well, it was like, why, why would you dump water on someone's head? Like, whether it's an animal or not, like, who would do that? Shitty people. I'm not usually at a loss for words, but I was just totally, like... It's like what you said the other day, Tyler, about the the incels. They feel Hmm. comfortable because they're hidden behind a computer. And this guy felt comfortable because he was a human up on the upper level. Like, I don't understand why society feels being a human is more powerful than being an animal. Because... Most animals could rip your face off. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's part of that religious belief that people believe, you know, all the animals and plants were put on this planet for us to use. So they have free reign over it kind of thing. Right. I, I've, I've known people who think that way, who are religious, who are just like, well, yeah, God made this planet for me. I can eat whatever I, can I want. Whatever I can I destroy want. whatever yeah. I want. It's my domain. This was my gift. <laughs> and that's why we're going to Mars. See ya. Yep. <laughs> I was watching that Facts in Motion YouTube channel the other day, the one that I found the avocado video on, and they had a video about whale poop and how whale poop is actually worth more than gold per ounce. It was kind of interesting. I'll post the link below, but it was funny because it kind of made me think like sperm whale poop 
specifically was the one that's valued at between. Oh, I wouldn't 20- have it any other way. <laughs> valued between twenty and fifty dollars a gram, I think it is. Damn. Uh, yeah, right. So if you find it, it was like if you find a weird rock that doesn't look like it should be there on the beach, you might want to pick it up because it could be worth like millions. We're very focused on leaving the planet and exploring space because it seems like it's our only hope. My thought process is like, you know, when you play the game, would you rather, would you rather live in space or would you rather live in the ocean? And the amount of information that we don't know about the ocean is always super intriguing to me. Yeah. It's kind of like they're the same. They're like these big, huge, vast unknowns. Yeah, there's a, there's a world down there which they were still figuring out. Yeah, it, it it's kind of crazy. Which is all the more reason why we shouldn't be fucking hopping up. I'm I'm kind of with, I'm kind of like Stephen Hawking's uh, in the idea that I don't really want to meet other life forms just yet. We're I think we're too vulnerable. I think we'll die. We'll end up catching some weird shit. We'll be able to space pox. Well, that, that's that that's like the least likely scenario. Yeah, that we'll find some sort of inhabitants. Yeah. Just just given the vastness of the universe, it's very unlikely that we're going to encounter anything. Right. For a but long to, time. To that point, I think what I would would have piggybacked off of is that above and beyond that, we're just the just the planet itself, just other other things. It's the rocks and dirt and all this crap that we're going to be digging into, and the gases and the the different changes that you feel because of lack of gravity and the long term effects that that's going to have that we don't know anything about. I mean, it's not easy going through that whole experience of of no gravity alone. If they do that for five years, are they still going to be okay? Are their eardrums going to be okay? It's you know a lot to think about. Mainly, it'll be bone density loss. Yeah, yeah. But those are the anomalies that we're aware of most. Yeah. There's not the the, the unknowns aren't. Are exponentially larger. I would, I would imagine it's the universe. There's a podcast that NASA puts out based out of the Johnson Space Center, and they have like a five-part series right now on, you know, over the last couple months, on the five hazards of space. It's called Houston. We have a podcast. Is the NASA podcast? <laughs> nice. And they they kind of explore the the five hazards of going to space, which would be the environmental hazards, gravity, how that's going to affect you, the distance, isolation. Obviously, that would would probably be the first one I would think of, and radiation being that much closer to other aspects. <laughs> where we're kind of protected down here so i haven't listened to the full series i did listen to part of the gravity and it was it was really interesting but it's kind of funny because again you have all those same like if we were to inhabit the ocean we would have all those same concerns so i know some scientists believe that if we examine the ocean it's kind of readying us for more space exploration yeah yeah, there's a lot of parallels between it. Yeah, and to experience uh, weightlessness, NASA does all the training in the pools. Yeah, the tanks. To get them that weird feeling. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Getting back to the whole thing about, like, you know, should we, should we not go to Mars? Granted, yes, yeah, we're, we're bringing all of our emotional baggage and everything that is wrong here is definitely going to be wrong there. It's not going to be a fix for that. But, like, I've talked about before the the great thing about the space program is the science and the technology that is created and learned from the process of doing these things like we owe a huge debt to the apollo program for all basically computers and everything we're using right now all this technology had to be created and improved to get people to 
the moon. It's the thing and that essentially gave us that drive to motive to move forward. Yeah, well, yeah, not, not necessarily drive, but just the the te- everything that came from the it. That like that yeah, all the technology that had to be created so that they could figure out how to do this. Yeah, the crutches and. Yeah, and basically all of computers, cell phones, everything that we take for granted now, like right now we're using mics and computers to talk over the internet and all this a lot all these technologies came from essentially the space program. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, if if you know, we keep pushing the envelope and doing these things that are challenging the benefits of it, they're not readily apparent, but they are definitely beneficial to society as a whole. Like that's the reason our technology is again, exponential growth has been a thing we've done in the last like 20 years. Each year we we become better and better at doing things and making better technologies. And it just, it makes it that much easier to be, you know, everything. The the cool thing that it brings kind of the right people together. And that's what I learned about judging kind of Joe Rogan and Elon Musk and having any kind of pre-notions leading up to it was that the bottom line was they'd like to have fun. And these devices are fun. Oh, yeah. yeah, and you're right. We totally take that for granted. I agree. What's interesting about the space programs, multiple countries are participating, and we do have the International Space Station where multiple groups of people meet up, and there's no conflict and there's no friction. It's almost like if we could have two forms, and we kind of do have that with the International Space Station, but if we had the ability to be on two planets at once... The things that we could learn from ourselves, quotations, would be so much more beneficial if we were in two separate environments. And if we really worked together as people versus some Republicans or Democrats or Asians and French people, like if we worked together as like a humankind... Yeah. (laughs) You know, instead of resorting to um, tribalism. Yeah. I don't know. This is starting to sound a little trekky. I don't know how comfortable I am. I never watched Star Trek, so I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you start. I mean, it's funny because even though like Star Trek is in that future, it's a it's portrayed as this utopia. There are some dark cracks to it. Like there's a lot of limited freedom. There's always that asshole. Yeah, like in a lot of the expanded universe and stuff like that, you like you kind of get into, you realize, oh, it's not perfect. It's a quote unquote utopia, but it's a very rigid, formal re- utopia where like things that are out of line are usually persecuted or oh, okay. shunned kind of thing. It's like in Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is fucking funny. <laughs> For those non-Trekkies. <laughs> nope. I'm going to hit the whole audience base. <laughs> I think between Star Trek and Disney, we got everyone covered. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I would like to explore space again when it's a Carnival Cruise Line available. But I'd also like to hang out in the pineapple under the sea. Fuck that. The only way I'm going is like fucking Hunter Thompson or Spock. You know, of course, Spock was already there, but I'm just going to be like ashes in a fucking test tube. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to set up a really nice trebuchet and just launch me into orbit. (laughs) A really nice trebuchet. (laughs) The ultimate trebuchet made by Tesla. It is the ultimate siege (laughs) weapon, so... (laughs) I'm going to open up my own cremation place now. <laughs> well, because wasn't that what, what canonizing was? When, like, someone was honored dead, they were canonized, they were literally just shot out of <laughs> a cannon. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of being shot into space, this might actually help you a little bit more, but did you guys see the article on the new spacesuit created by Boeing? 
Uh-oh. Here, I'll send you a link. No. If it means I can pee in my pants, I love it already. Uh, actually, <laughs> I did read one header that said the new spacesuit does have a toilet built in, so you could pee in your pants. <laughs> oh my god, can I can I take a shit in my pants too? More than likely, because <laughs> as we learned from listening to the Habitat, shit can be a really sticky situation in space. <laughs> so the more contained, the better. Oh man. This doesn't have the best pictures of the spacesuit, actually. The article I sent you, but if you go if you Google it, it's more of a blue. It's a blue colored suit, and it's supposed to be more movable, not so bulky. And NASA's actually coming out with a new or that is definitely trimmed down. NASA's sure. also been introducing a new one, and there's Tanya you might like better because that's the one with the toilet built in. So mm. <laughs> even comes with his own toilet. <laughs> New and improved. So, so I guess you don't need toilet paper because it's just your suit, right? So no, uh. just be basting <laughs> in your own juices. I'd be like, somebody has my suit on. Give me back my fucking suit. I'm not putting on your <laughs> These fucking are not shit my pants. Skids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know my skid mark pattern, and this definitely is not it. <laughs> this is not my brand. <laughs> this is not the poop I put in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> but again, Tyler, you know, even spacesuits have led to great technology with with fabrics and materials that we've used here on earth so yeah it is definitely like a necessity for us to strive to be these explorers whether we make it there or not it's the hope and the thought process that goes into it like elon says i don't know if digging tunnels is going to solve the traffic problem but but you can try try. (laughs) like yeah so as Yoda says, do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> right? I think what ultimately what people should take away from that podcast was that he really does care about everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because while it begins as something that's self-preservation, the end goal is always, and if you watch it, you can actually physically see him very, very emotional. And it had nothing to do with pot. <laughs> he cares about the planet. He's really concerned about what's happening. Yeah, he legit cares. He doesn't have to do that with his time. He can make a fucking blowtorch. Right. That's the curse of being that intelligent. And he is a compassionate person and an intelligent person. And a lot of times, you know, you just get either a very compassionate person or a very intelligent person to get to get someone who's so hyper aware on both of those platforms is pretty incredible. And the fact that we have someone like that in our society who's really working to help all of us is is pretty phenomenal. So, I mean, yeah. even if some of his cars blow up and he does some shit that's fucking stupid and, I mean, he's a he's human. A human. It's yeah. mathematics. Those, are, those things are always going. That's, that's the country we live in, though. You, you grab that one percentage and go, well, this is reality. But it's one percent of reality. Yeah. No. Dicks. fucking people man always fucking shit up did you guys get the video of the colonizing mars instead should we colonize venus instead of mars yeah let's watch that because i'm like intrigued (laughs) (laughs) oh no i never never really thought about venus like that right is this like a sexist thing because 
men are from, what is it, men are from Venus, women are from Mars or something? Something like that, yeah, <laughs> vice versa. You know, depending yeah. on the day. That was cool. That was rad. That, so that is interesting. So basically, if we go to, yeah, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. So I think it's a sexist thing. One. <laughs> Going to lead off with that. <laughs> that That's interesting. Which is crazy, because they could put bunkers in the sky. Boners? Yeah. Bunk, all... Bunkers. Oh. I thought it meant like... I thought we were going back to the fuck, Mary kill dolphins. No, I definitely said boners because Tyler said that cities are all uh, very... Um, <laughs> very phallic. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it didn't go over, but that's okay. <laughs> boners in the sky. I can go past the sky. Take a look with a crook in your boner. <laughs> You're welcome, Reading Rainbow. Yeah, here you go, children. Here's to dick in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a dick in the eye. Uh, <laughs> that, that's interesting, though, because, you know, there are so many things about Mars, but I didn't know that it was that Venus is closer, that we have attempted to explore it but everything basically imploded i actually was really proud of myself because i was like it's too close to the sun it's too hot but when he prefaced it the way that he did and me living in a fucking forest i, I appreciated the uniform more yeah. right yeah but who wants to like live somewhere where you have to wear a fucking firefighter's outfit all the time because <laughs> that's so... why that's why they're gonna have the in the, the sky. cloud cities mm-hmm. so okay venus is basically going to be the Jetsons. Yep. Yes. <laughs> the Jetsons, remember the their houses would go down and they would sleep in the cloud fog at, at night and then in the morning they would raise up and they would be exposed to the air. So I guess if we go to Venus, we're going to be the Jetsons. If we go to Mars, <laughs> we're going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger? I prefer <laughs> Rosie. I like the idea of Rosie just like tidying up and squeaking and... <laughs> You know what I think yeah. is really awesome about Rosie? Providing Rosie. sass. <laughs> I may be homely, Buster, but I'm S-M-A-R-T smart. Uh-uh. She only makes microwave meals. <laughs> <laughs> the wave of the future. Right? For- the microwave. <laughs> that was kind of the funny thing about the Jetsons. For such a futuristic show, their robots were seriously lacking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's because they were poor. <laughs> that's the working man's <laughs> robot yeah the, the people that weren't poor they had better better technology <laughs> that's an interesting video of winning venus though i think i'm gonna have to look more into those additional links that they provided in their video yeah i never realized that it was publicized but if it takes half the amount of time to go it does seem silly not to go there but i guess if we can't get past the basics of landing on it yeah then that's going to cause a problem yeah well it, it makes more sense to the colonize the moon like, first because that's the closest like stellar body to us it's pretty reachable i mean granted it doesn't have any kind of atmosphere or anything and the gravity's low but you could set up colonization there as a stepping stone this is just me trying to use my brain so step back <laughs> but doesn't that affect us isn't the potential because like we operate the way we do thanks to the way the moon is just on its own yeah well the the big thing the moon does is the tides. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Tides, right? And but we wouldn't have any effect on that. Colonization wouldn't impact that at all. So you don't think adding additional surface area to this small little body and then changing the dynamics of its atmosphere potentially would not affect us in some capacity. 
I would think it would have to be a lot of weight to really alter the yeah, way. Yeah, it'd have to be. It's it's negligible. It's, it's like we wouldn't provide enough mass to have any kind of effect on it. It's like how the mass of stuff we created here doesn't have a well doesn't have an effect on the gravity of the planet. I'm like they, a grandma or, or Ralph Nader. I just am always like. But wait, isn't the moon made of cheese? <laughs> it's a big old pizza pie. Uh, we ate the moon. We cannot colonize. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the gravitational effects of the moon would not be altered at all by colonization. Huh. And that's cool. I just yeah. put, was putting it out there. Yeah, we, we'd probably pollute it like we usually do, but like it wouldn't impact the, the relationship our planet has with the moon. I just I just can't believe we have such de- such definitives and we haven't done more. I guess that's the thing that's creepy to me. Right. Funding. It's a, it's a whole myriad of things. I wonder, though, because the moon shines because its surface reflects the light of the sun. So how close is the moon to the sun? And would it be? It's cold on the moon, though, right? Yeah, because the moon, the moon orbits us, and it's just about as far from the sun as we are. So, What is the temperature on the moon? Cold. It's a vacuum. They're bunny. <laughs> right? Daytime on one side of the moon lasts about 13 and a half days. We thought Alaska was bad. Followed by 13 and a half nights of darkness. When the sunlight hits the moon's surface, the temperature can reach 260 degrees Fahrenheit. When the sun goes down, temperatures can dip into the minus 280 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's a fluctuation, huh? Yep. Boy, I thought we lived in a microclimate. (laughs) Our atmosphere does wonders for uh, mitigating a lot of intensities of space. Right. What Um, was that? Yeah. Sorry. What was the name of that movie that they made up? The Mars mission was a movie. Had the kid from a. Oh, um, Moonwalker. No, (laughs) it had the Harry Potter kid in it. Daniel Radcliffe. Um, No, the the redhead. The, The ginger boy. Yeah. Yeah. God, it was so funny. It had that dude that was the cave guy. (laughs) <laughs> you know the guy from the cave what well i don't know anything about harry potter i just know that kid yeah is- me neither and the cave movie is my fault because it's a <laughs> i cannot remember this guy's name i can never remember the name of that movie either i'm sorry uh, ron perlman and yeah moonwalkers yeah. yeah yeah yeah. oh see you got the title right julie okay <laughs> ron perlman was in a, a movie about like the ice age or whatever like and you and they like follow this neanderthal through his experience and like the best part of the movie is it's i think it's called something fire but that really wasn't the point of the conversation it was the moonwalkers movie have you and have you obviously haven't seen this movie cause... yeah you should totally watch like anyone should really watch the moonwalkers movie because there's the long-running question of if the landing on the moon was faked a lot of people just like flat earthers believe that nobody landed on the moon, that it was, you know, this creation. Um, (laughs) So in this movie, essentially this guy is tasked with going to find and setting up a meeting. It was a Stanley Kubrick film that he was in, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yeah, so he was tasked with going to speak with Stanley Kubrick and convince Stanley Kubrick to create the landing on the moon for the u.s government so in case they couldn't do it yeah just as a backup plan so because (laughs) they planned on airing it live so all sorts of craziness ensues and the kid from harry potter is hysterical and the movie is freaking funny as hell 
Um, it's really stupid, but it's a really great movie. It's great. It was you great. You should totally watch it. All right. But the movie that he was in, that was a Stanley Kubrick movie. This guy's been in like 260 movies, so it's really <laughs> hard to quest for fire. <laughs> that was the movie that the Stanley Kubrick movie that uh, Ron Perlman was in. So if you if you got a... There's a section in it where he, he accidentally takes masculine yeah. and he's just tripping balls. <laughs> the whole thing with Ron Perlman, if, if you're not aware, is he's very self-aware of his aesthetic. He looks like an ape man. He's... <laughs> and in the movie, that's, that's what... It's pretty have. funny. Uh, <laughs> but other than that... <laughs> so maybe we'll land on the moon. Maybe we'll just watch fake movies about it we don't know or, or land on <laughs> mars i should say <laughs> welcome to ion elon. but in other news i did see that elon announced the first passenger private citizen for mars yeah flight which i will not be signing up for <laughs> right. You don't want to be the first pancake. You, you know, it's yep. like the guy who signed up for the brain transplant, which, update, it is... Still waiting. October, <laughs> still no transplant. <laughs> I like to just be able to turn on that tap of water and let it run. <laughs> right? I like to flush the toilet. But they announced it six days ago, which would be mid-September. The... Billionaire founder and CEO of a Japanese fashion retailer, Zozo, will be the first private citizen to fly around the moon on a mission the company has planned for 2023. Way to break stereotypes, Asians. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Japanese in space. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes- <laughs> I led this one to you. <laughs> yeah, the one, the one thing I had pulled up was uh, yesterday, actually, the day before we were recording this on september 22nd uh, japan launched two probes to an asteroid okay. and they uh, both successfully That's landed crazy. yeah apparently the the way these these uh, rovers were designed they kind of bounced along the surface so what they did instead of like trying to land like you know traditional sense when you see like a rocket landing kind of thing mm-hmm. they were designed to basically just kind of hit it and kind of bounce along its surface until it settles down then it sets itself up it's like <laughs> trying to get out of a moving car <laughs> So simple. It's genius. That's fucking smart. Because they're like, we can't calculate this math just yet. So we have to buffer that. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, an asteroid is spinning and hurtling through space. So it's like, yeah, just the fact that it hit it alone is the math that went into that is insane. That's yeah. Well, they had it and they hit with two probes. That's the thing. Mm, Probes. What is the purpose of landing on the asteroid? What's their Uh, They're going to take like soil samples, uh, you know, do the ultrasound, stuff like that, you know, check the density of it, basically just take as many samples and things of it as they can. And I believe they're supposed to come back. Oh, so it's going to be basically taking asteroid samples and bring it back to Earth so we can look at it. That's cool. And they're going to name the first one Joe Dirt. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of cool. So because essentially asteroids are thought to be like exploded planets or burnt out stars? No, there it's just a uh, remnants of space the junk? formation of planets. Okay. Yeah, it's space junk cuz you know, you know, the way gravity works is it, you know, when the solar system formed, we had the sun and basically what the sun did was collect all the matter within the area near it and all that matter eventually, you know, was kind of spinning around it. Think of like the rings of Saturn. Mm-hmm. It was they were spinning around the center of the sun and slowly over time all those things due to gravity kind of came together they all kind of collapsed onto each other and they formed planets 
but there were still, you know, still stellar objects that weren't affected by the gravity to the point where they were pulled to the planet or they were out, of, you know, they were kind of free roaming and they kind of formed like little micro planets, essentially, is what you kind of think of them as. Okay. It's just basically all the dust, you know, when, when in a vacuum in space, everything kind of tends to, with gravity, they all tend to kind of clump up together. And that's essentially where all um, asteroids and stuff came from. Okay. That's interesting. So it's just left, it's leftover planet making stuff, essentially. Bits and pieces that, that's pretty cool. So if they can recover these and recover the data, that's quite the feat. It gives gives them... Yeah, and if anything, yeah, the the studies of what they they're finding on finding you know with the equipment they there that's going to be beneficial, just so we know more about but more about these asteroids in general, right, like what, what they're made of, what they, where they come from, kind of thing. Right, that's cool. That's very cool. That's pretty rare. Yeah. I re- that's that's amazing science. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I still maintain it. Way to not break stereotypes, but don't be ashamed of it. You guys are fucking hella smart. Look at that shit. <laughs> Can't drive, but boy, we're smart. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can get a Tesla. <laughs> you yep. can afford a Tesla, moreover. Yeah, but in Japan, you probably don't even want a car because the traffic's so bad. In Japan, they don't even want to fucking come over here. Are you kidding? <laughs> Thank you for listening to this month's episode of TriPace Pod. Look forward to hearing our voices in your ear holes once again at the beginning of next month. Don't forget to like and subscribe to TriPace Pod on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud because it stimulates the dopamine production in our brains every time you do. You can creep on us from afar at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at TriPace Pod. And of course, check out show notes, contact information, and buy merch at tripacepod.com. And as always, you're awesome. Fifty-three. He. My penis is huge. (laughs) (laughs) Like every time, just always like, oh, yep. That guy's hung as shit. Get your penis running. Yep. Get out on the highway. (laughs) Set your balls a flap. (laughs) Pubic hair coming (laughs) back. Oh, my God. Born to be mild. (laughs) Okay, 53.
Keep it right.